Welcome to Chronic Risk, the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. Stay tuned for expert advice and analysis on issues pertaining to risk in the cannabis industry from NCRMA's members and certified service partners. Chronic Risk, secured by the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, starts now. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Risk, the voice of the NCRMA, which is the National Cannabis Risk Management Association. I'm your host, Rocco Petrilli, chairman of the group, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Chronic Risk is the podcast that gives insights on risk in the cannabis industry from the viewpoint of NCRMA's appointed brokers, service partners, members, and affiliates. We're excited today. We have uh, with us... uh, Cassandra Mappy. Uh, Cassandra is, uh, I guess, to best describe a subject matter expert in the field of cannabis. Uh, I had the opportunity and the pleasure to meet uh, Cassandra almost two years ago now. And, uh, you know, as as we became uh, more involved professionally, uh, I sort of uh, adopted her as the matriarch of uh, the NCRMA because she's certainly from a knowledge perspective and from a tenure perspective best represents the evolution of cannabis from where it's come to where it is today. Cassandra's here to discuss uh, in part the pioneering and untraditional cannabis risk management offerings and how her various areas of expertise will potentially serve NCRMA members. So welcome Cassandra. Thanks so much for having me Rocco. It's a real pleasure, but, you know, we have to start off because, I mean, unfortunately, this is a podcast, so people can't see how refreshed you look. Uh, You recently spent a week camping in the Western Rockies, so take a minute or so to make us jealous. (laughs) Well, I really enjoy living in the Rocky Mountains, and so um, I live in the state of Montana, um, and I, I love every opportunity I can to go out camping, fishing, and just enjoying the beautiful world uh, that we have around us. Um, and I think it's really important for us all to take breaks every now and again to get out of your comfort zone and to go to an entirely new environment and, and spend your day differently. Yeah, that's great. Uh, like Steve, I'm a, I'm a big fan still of Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and uh, the seventh and most important is to sharpen the saw, and uh, it's all important for us. I think, particularly given the uh, the situation that we're coming out of, it's it's important for all of us to to keep focused on that. So, thanks for that reminder, uh, Cassandra. Tell us about your background and and current cannabis business pursuits because I know you've had many. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey, um, which began really with my interest in natural medicine. Um, so I've been interested in plant medicine of all kinds since, oh, I was probably 12 years old and would make lotions and salves and tinctures and things like that. Um, But I really felt called to cannabis. Um, I think it's arguably one of the most versatile natural medicines that we have. Um, And it's effective for so many different things. Um, And so I was called to move from Washington State to Northern Humboldt County when I was 19. 
Um, and in that process, I had an opportunity to learn a lot of the heritage techniques of cannabis cultivation and cannabis culture. Um, it was an environment where really the, the grassroots movement for cannabis legalization uh, took root. Um, and, and so in that process, I was able to hone a lot of uh, my own uh, cultivation techniques. I became really interested in sustainable cultivation um, and of course, high quality cultivation because that's what makes it an effective medicine for people and that's what makes it safe. Um, so, uh, so I participated in, in early activism and, and cannabis cultivation through my journey as a, a personal cannabis caregiver when I was very young. Um, eventually, I was called to move to uh, Boulder, Colorado to become a, a co-founder of one of the first vertically integrated dispensaries uh, that we had in the state or in the country, uh, really. And so uh, it was a boutique dispensary, a completely different experience for me um, because where I had operated in a completely gray market environment, now we were meeting with local law enforcement, first responders, uh, you know, the health department, uh, the medical marijuana enforcement division. And so learning how to uh, take all of the information the skills, the technique, the passion that I had had in that gray market and bringing it into a fully legal enterprise was, was a great challenge. And, you know, of course, because a lot of those regulators were concerned about managing this program responsibly since it had never been done, we had new regulations at least every month. And in, in many cases, those new regulations would um, would cause other cultivators to drop out of the business. They wouldn't, um, they didn't know how to pivot to uh, a new model. They didn't know how to pivot uh, out of a new regulation that had, had, had stumped them. So I think the people who are able to last through that early regulation period of time became well-equipped to have a great sense of humor, number one, uh, and to be able to uh, creatively handle any unforeseen issue that would arise. Um, so I was in great company and, and really well, all- I think that's what, you know, that I, that I remember is what brought, started to bring you and I together because uh, when I met you, you know, I told you about what our idea was and, you know, here's somebody like yourself that has now come through that. So I think, you know, earlier on you were, you were one of the first people in cannabis who really had an appreciation for the NCRMA and our message and uh, the risk management platform that we were introducing from an educational support and expertise standpoint, because, you know, so many, all the businesses that went from gray to, to where they are today need to, need to work their way through that rather arduous uh, terrain. So, uh, you know, I, I congratulate you for being able to make it and uh, look forward to your, to your help and help, helping others do the same. You know, to your point about the NCRMA uh, and, and what's different about your organization that I appreciate is, is so many other um, 
businesses and the market are focused on how do we create more and more and more and more? How do we get the next flashy thing? And I think a lot of people forget that they're it's as just as important to be a good steward of the resources that you already have. Um, and, and so educating the community and making sure that we're building something that's strong instead of something that's crumbling is a really great thing that, that your team offers. Well, thank you. So, so you're currently <clears throat> up to your knees in, uh, in two businesses. Uh, why don't you tell us about those? Well, Force of Nature is is my consulting firm, and I've been in business since 2015, uh, after I sold my first dispensary in Boulder. Um, I've worked with some great brands, Chong's Choice, Willie's Reserve, uh, Verde Natural in, in Denver, Colorado, um, as well as done a bunch of application and work and business development for uh, cannabis companies on the East Coast and in the Midwest. Um, so I... I'm really a full service uh, consulting firm for businesses that want to get up and running in cannabis throughout the U.S., uh, in Europe, in Canada. And uh, I supply them with SOPs and just make sure that they have a really solid foundation to be operating long term. But through that experience as a consultant and an advisor to these businesses, I found that Surprisingly, it wasn't the cultivation IP that was the most difficult component. You would think that growing cannabis and learning the specifics, you know, having the right equipment would be the most important thing. But actually, it was learning to get cultivation teams organized. It was learning to figure out how to get the cultivators who tend to have a much more artistic sensibility, let's say, um, and get them on the same page as the operations team. So we needed to get organization, efficient communication. There's so many different moving pieces going on uh, in in a cultivation facility at at any one time that um, I spent a lot more time, maybe 80% of my time as a consultant, figuring out how to create a culture of organization and good communication. And so uh, in the end, I decided I need to make an app for that. So uh, my company is called Fire Tower. Uh, You can find us at uh, www.firetower.us. And so um, we're in the beta stage uh, right now with a, a number of, of great cultivation partners testing this, this app. And it allows cultivation teams to communicate, uh, increase efficiency, uh, and then all of that communication data is then tracked. So it makes it a lot easier to determine your cost of goods sold. Um, it gives you a great idea why one harvest batch might have worked out great and another didn't work out as well. So there are helpful dashboards and things that really keep the team focused. Cassandra, that was an interesting uh, first part of our show. Uh, we're going to take a uh, quick break and uh, be back, and you can tell us uh, a little bit more about your pursuits. And specifically, uh, I have a few questions for you that will uh, help uh, NZRMA members as well as you know, promote your expertise in the industry. So this is Rocco Petrilli for Chronic Risk. We'll be back in a moment. 
Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with uh, Cassandra Mappy, again, uh, longtime uh, player and uh, respected subject matter expert in the cannabis industry. Cassandra, your, your appearance here is certainly timely, and we appreciate it. Uh, as really from a from a risk management education and expertise evolution, we've been we've been moving our way up the vertical. So uh, we're really looking forward to leveraging your uh, expertise in the area of cultivation. So as a cultivator, do you do you assess risk differently than uh, someone with an insurance or accounting background may? If if you do. And uh, if you do, are the hidden threats that you might identify in an audit that others might miss? I am a tough auditor. <laughs> and I wind up catching a lot of things that, that other folks don't. Um, and so as a cultivator, I can identify some of those uh, hidden risks that would be uh, easy to sweep under the rug during a, a tour or an audit from, from most folks. What I'm looking at evaluating a new facility is uh, first I'm looking at infrastructure. 
So was the facility itself built for success? Um, do they have the tools they need? Even with the best intention and the most passionate team, do they have what they need to be successful? Um, and so um, one of the things I'm gonna look at is are the harvest batches in separate rooms? Because they should be. Uh, a lot of cultivators will do a continuous harvest um, where they're just harvesting a portion of a room every single week. Um, and the problem with this is that they never get to clean out those flowering rooms, not ever. So if disease takes hold or a pest infestation um, appears, which it will at some point, um, then they never really get the opportunity to completely clean that out. And that presents a risk both from a general plant health uh, standpoint, yields and uh and, and quality, but in addition to that, you know, sometimes these cultivators will then spray illegal pesticides or fungicides because they really have no other option to keep their cultivation room clean. Uh, so that's a risk. Um, I'm looking at HVAC and lighting. Uh, for the most part, um, a lot of cultivators are hiring mechanical engineering firms who have no experience dealing with cannabis. So they've designed a cultivation environment that's better suited to an office building and not uh, a wet, hot, indoor grow room uh, with living, breathing plants that are shooting water into the air every moment. So I look at that. And another hidden thing with infrastructure is do they have backup power? Because if they don't, uh, a lot of cultivation facilities could lose everything in a matter of um, you know, hermaphrodites could appear in a matter of hours uh, after power loss, um, or at least set the stage for hermaphrodites to uh, begin as a, a response to stress. Um, but with all of the automation um, that's utilized hourly in a cultivation facility, many times plants could go without water and, and simply die within, you know, 12 hours or less. So that would be one thing I'd look at from an infrastructure standpoint. Um, of course, I'm going to look at, at plants and disease. And if uh, any of our listeners who are ever in the position to do an audit for a cultivation business, I would get someone who really knows pests and really knows plant health to evaluate how things are looking. Because to new eyes, it all looks great, and, you know, unless the plants are about to die. It's just... Um, you know, but the, but to a, a seasoned cultivator, we can see signs of of pest and disease and plant health issues uh, before uh, other folks would. And then, um, you know, operational expertise is another really important factor to evaluate. Um, it's more difficult to uh, to to pin down specific. Uh, markers of success or failure uh, in terms of operational expertise, but we want to really know, does the team know how to do their job? You know, do lower level members of the cultivation team seem to know what they're doing? Or are they freestyling in ways which could lead to mistakes? Um, how does the feeding and pruning look? Um, and does the team uh, have good rapport with one another because oftentimes when you see, uh, you know, you can just take a moment, sure, you can look at the plants, but look at the people. Do they seem focused? Do they seem inspired? Um, if they do, that's a really good sign that things are on track. Um, 
you know, of course you want to look at the end product. How does it look? How does it smell? But you also want to evaluate uh, certificates of analysis so that you know, has this business been failing microbial testing? Uh, what are their potencies like? Because cannabis flower can look gorgeous, but it can be 11% potent percent THC, which isn't really potent enough to make that that cultivator successful in the marketplace. Well, I mean, just all music to my ears, uh, because when, again, <clears throat> again, when uh, you and I, in, in one of our discussions, uh, I related to you that, uh, you know, a lot of what I'm bringing to this challenge is... Uh, comes from a career in manufacturing, specifically automotive components manufacturing. And uh, where, you know, it was all about risk management. So, uh, you know, the background and, and what my experience taught me, you know, after getting burnt by trying to take shortcuts, because everything, of course, is a function of time. But number one, is that you find the toughest auditor and the most knowledgeable auditor that you can find because all they do is answer the CEO's challenge of keeping his or her company away from risk. And uh, the second key, which we'll talk about in more detail the next time you're on, but, but I have an affection for, as you do, with the very important point of mitigating or eliminating risk in the design side of, uh, for example, a cultivation facility. Because many times after you've created the process and the structure, it's, it's too late to go back and mitigate the risk or prevent the risk that you could have you addressed had you had them in your mind when you were designing or laying out the facility or process. So, I mean, I think we could dedicate, and we will dedicate a whole show to that. But certainly, uh, I think our listeners, uh, through this example and through our early discussion, can can really see where uh, your expertise and your outlook on risk management is aligned very closely with the NCRMA. And, and for that reason, because our commitment and our mission to our members is to make them better. Uh, we're driven to continue to to work with people of the expertise like yourself. So the NCRMA has just launched uh, the National Cannabis uh, Risk Management Academy. It is designed to be the conduit that will take the education, risk management education that we're creating, and uh, spread it among the end users the owner operators and their employees who run these various facilities. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, uh, I want, I'm going to ask Cassandra to address uh, how uh, this type of educational platform from her many years of experience can best benefit the cannabis industry. So again, Cassandra Maffey, subject matter expert in cannabis. This is Rocco Petrilli and Chronic Risk. We'll be right back. Chronic Risk will continue after we visit our certified advertisers. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. 
Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. You're listening to the voice of the National Cannabis Risk Management Association, NCRMA's Chronic Risk, only on CannabisRadio.com. So we're back on Chronic Risk with Cassandra Maffey. Cassandra, at the break, we, we started to talk about the National Cannabis Risk Management Academy that, uh, you know, was recently created, but has been in our vision for some time and certainly our association together. I mean, you have been uh, a part of the motivation of bringing this vision to reality simply because you represent the value of what our, what our motto is. And that's uh, through uh, education, through support and through expertise, we're going to make our members better. So now that it's, it's a reality uh, and, you know, we've had some time to, uh, understand and, and realize uh, the potential areas of application. How, how does an educational platform like this benefit cannabis? Well, you know, as, as we were discussing a bunch of educational platforms um, that, uh, that have been operational over the last few years are usually focused on just selling a, a new flashy product. Um, you know, when you really get down to it, that's what it is. Um, I think what NCRMA is doing differently is allowing uh, companies to build really strong foundations. And so it's great to innovate. It's great to grow. uh, But at the same time, you need to invest in your foundation and you need trusted uh, folks with experience, not just in cannabis, but, but in other industries as well who know how to mitigate risk, who know how to teach companies to make good decisions from day one, um, to design facilities that can last 10 years instead of become obsolete in two, um, 
you know, which is sadly a really common thing in this industry. So I, I think uh, NCRMA will be able to set companies up for long-term success and help them avoid the setbacks that would keep them from growing competitively. Um, I think that uh, there's a, a certain kinship that the members of the NCRMA have for one another um, and an inspiration that uh that will help everybody to not only mitigate risk and, you know, evaluate all the, the very serious, difficult pieces of conversation, but also to inspire, um, to share risk and to grow as an industry instead of just uh, vulnerable individuals. So, so it sounds like uh, you're uh, suggesting collaboration <laughs> yeah, and again, that's that's another theme of uh, the vision of the NCRMA, because I mean, I constantly in in interactions with many people all across the country in this in this uh, growing cannabis industry, I, I consistently, I should say, not constantly, but consistently, run into people who are already talking about. Well, I I really don't want to be involved because that person is my competitor. And, and I qu quickly jump up on my soapbox and preach the, the uh, theory of abundance, which means, you know, until you decide and determine how big the pie is, don't worry about splitting up the pie. Because what we're doing right now is determining the circumference of the pie. And once we understand its size, which is significantly larger than the pie we're standing in today, then we'll worry about cutting it into pieces. So uh, that that means collaboration. And from your vantage point, uh, what can be done to increase collaboration in cannabis for the betterment of all involved? I think that's a great question. Um, and you know, one one of the lowest hanging fruits there is pushing for federal legalization. Um, because there are so many hurdles that our industry experiences from uh, lack of access to banking um, to supply chain issues where, you know, one company might have to reinvent the wheel in every single state in which they exist to, you know, inconsistent rules and regulations throughout different states. Uh, so I think it is really important that we push for federal, federal legalization and that we do so as a group so that we can take the best of what we've learned in every single market and apply it to one model that works for most of us throughout all 50 states. Um, yeah, absolutely. And from a from a collaboration standpoint, an example with the NCRMA is we decided very early on that we're simply not an advocacy group. It's not that we're advocates, but uh, we decided that we would we would align with and fund groups like uh, associations like the NCIA and Normal. To, to carry that ball for us, because again, that's also part of collaboration is, you know, don't, you don't have to be all things, all people, let the experts around you do what they do well and spend your time and effort doing what you do well, and then put those pieces of the puzzle together to create a big machine that does everything well. Absolutely. Um, and, and, 
And having that support between different organizations is just as important as uh, having good relationships with other cultivators or cannabis businesses within your community. Um, and so often, if you develop and invest in those relationships, you'll hear things before other people hear them. You'll you'll see problems before you know on the the horizon before anyone else hears about them. And so, as you begin to uh, instead of having a strictly transit a, a transactional relationship with people, you can um, you can really be on the same page and speak with one voice. Well, I, I can't thank you enough. As I this is this is objective evidence. Speaking like auditors uh, to our host at Cannabis Radio, that certainly when we can attract the quality of uh, guest like Cassandra Maffey, I mean, we need an hour show. Simple as that. So this is my commitment to Cassandra and our members that we're going to have you back. We're going to have you back soon to get through the other part of our agenda. And, uh, you know, certainly use this as a medium to spread uh, your wealth of knowledge and your passion for this industry among our membership. So, Cassandra, thank you very much for being our guest. I look forward to regrouping at some point in the very new future. Again, I'm Rocco Petrilli, chairman of the NCRMA, and this is Chronic Risk. on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.